Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up? Just doing my thing here for another another episode of Startup Hustle, which, by the way, is brought to you by Fullscale.io. I'm just hustling. I know. That's what I like about you, man. Every day. Every day, hustling, hustling, hustling. Well, we have someone here today that is familiar with that hustle. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Jim Brown, who is the president of MD Matchup. Jim, what's up? Uh, nothing. Thanks, guys, for having me in. Yeah. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. Jim does lots of things. and has uh, in Congress with some of the uh, health topics that we've had lately. We're going to talk about how they have like match.com for doctors and patients. Yeah, it's uh, certainly operates a lot uh, from a consumer level, like any of those, uh, like a platonic dating site. Um, So I don't think from a user experience, it's that difficult to navigate it, but um, it's been a lot of fun building it. We'll talk a lot more about that in the, in the coming moments. Now, you know, I love it when you're interactive, so go to mdmatchup.com and you can learn more about it. Matt, have you had to find a doctor or service care provider recently? Um, nope. I mean, I talked to my primary doctor not too long ago about, yeah, actually I did about a specialist. Yeah. And then they recommended one. So how'd you go about, you talked to a doctor and then they said, yeah, they said, oh, you need to go to this place. Let's go to this. So you guys do things a little differently, Jim, right? Yeah, and and um, the product that we've developed right now is in the primary care space, but the technology and the concept works, uh, whether it's specialists or, or primary care. And depending on what state you go to, and nationally, you're talking about 25 to 30% of any given demographic uh, is undoctored. And so they don't have any primary care relationship. And, and it's could be because they've just moved there. It could be because their doctor has retired, which you're seeing a, a tremendous amount of the, the turnover in the doc population. And most people, when they go to find a, a doctor, they will ask friends or family. They will jump online and just say primary care doctor. And our theory was that it should be a, a little more interesting and a little more in depth to find a doctor. And if you could find one that you matched up with personally, that you'd be much more likely to go see that doctor on a regular basis and, and more likely to comply with whatever, whatever regimens that they put in front of you. And so we set out to build a platform where people could go in. And as you alluded to, um, like, a, uh, like a dating site, they could put in information about themselves, answer questions about themselves. The physicians in the system that we work with uh, answer questions about themselves. And then there's an algorithm on the back end that matches you up based on your behavior and the way you want to learn about healthcare. What are some of those questions that would that you'd be screening for to match someone up with? You know, it's interesting as you go through the quiz. Um, it's a it's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think about, but it's a lot about how you interpret your own healthcare and then how you interpret uh, the healthcare for those you that you potentially take care of. And so it's a lot. It's a, an algorithm that's been working in the healthcare space for for well over thirty years. Um, and it asks a lot of questions that, that may seem a little bit out of left field. The same time, the provider has answered an additional 16-point questionnaire. And what we're looking for there is the type of patients that they want to serve. One of the other issues that we see in healthcare today, primary care or specialty, is a lot of doctor fatigue. 
So again, on the consumer side, what we're looking for is to make a better match so that you would go more often comply to protocols. But on the physician side, we also felt like if we could make a better match and that the docs were seeing the kind of folks that they would want to see, uh, that again, the relationships would be longer standing and it ultimately we would drive down the cost of care. What is doctor fatigue? Um, so what, what you're seeing in healthcare right now, again, the, the healthcare uh, the schools are not producing the doctors at the rate that doctors are, are retiring. And because there's become more and more squeeze on margins, you've got big healthcare systems buying up primary care practices. All of that has led to uh, doctors working longer hours, and they have had to make a major transition in the last 10 years from the way that they had already done business to now all the things that came along with healthcare reform none of which are bad, not, you know, not making any judgments on those, but it's changed the way that they've worked. And so a lot of physicians are saying, Hey, I feel like a computer programmer. I'm on here filling out forms and station, you know, CRM systems when all I really want to do is see patients. It's, it's all about speed now. They got to as quick as possible. Yeah. So they're, they're, tri- to yeah, they're to triaging people at a really rapid rate. They don't get enough time to spend with them. And the consumer feels that, right? So, well, in, in general, I feel like my generation and even younger generations also don't have a lot of loyalty to anything anymore, probably including our doctors. Yeah. Or like my mom and dad would probably go to the same doctor till the day they die and would never change. Yep. And I feel they, like the younger generations have no loyalty. And you see where, it, you know, to some degree they don't have to, right? They can go to CVS or they can go to Walgreens or done it. You know, done God, it. God willing, they don't urgent have to, care. They don't have to done go. It. They don't have to go at all. Right. So, well, sometimes you get forced to switch too. Cause you know, like as much as people like to jump around to different jobs it, with that, sometimes come, comes changes in healthcare. Yeah. Which changes every year these days because right. well, I've, prices I've, are I've gone through that recently. Cause you know, we had a specific type of healthcare, then we had a different kind and now we have another kind. And then with that, we didn't have the doctor that we yep. started with three doctors ago didn't take the next type of healthcare, which then didn't take the next type. And then you finally found one. It's like, and by the way, the way I ended up finding was going to the, the health and the insurance company's website to just literally like see who took yep. the medication no, it's, or the, excuse me, the, 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 insurance. the insurance. Yeah. And that's, All right. that's pretty common. Right. And so it's, um, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, I've wait. got an important question. Oh no. We'll what say. would be some of the best or worst questions to be on this questionnaire? Like I'm thinking like, is 420 friendly or like, <laughs> that, you know, uh, we'll prescribe, not we'll the- prescribe <laughs> methamphetamines or yeah, well, we'll hand out Oxycontin. Like right. what other questions would Do be you really this? think that that is on a healthcare provider? No, I'm just saying survey, it would, like, it would I'm like, saying they would be the best or worst questions. What, like, what other uh, questions? Uh, well, can, like, should, what is the size of your hand? Are we going like, to do? <laughs> what, what other? It is, what other kinds of questions? Well, there? there are questions on there about your your feelings towards alternative health. Yeah. See, there we go. Let's, so, do we need hey, to we have? We like don't an, go all the way. Yeah. To do we need to have an instant quiz? <laughs> yeah. All right, right. So, I'm gonna. Can I go first, please? All right. Yeah. So, I think that the I think that it one of the main criteria is actually going to start around location. Okay. Um, yep. And that's not, so that I, we would call a secondary filter. So again, the primary desire is to make a personality match, but once that personality match is made. Yeah. But I, you can match me up to someone that's my ideal personality match of a doctor, but I'm not driving 60 miles to go see him. Right. I guess we could do this family feud style. Oh, wait, do, uh, do I get three strikes? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your guess? What do you think's on there? Is 420 friendly. What? Where did that <laughs> wow. come from? 
think these days, man, everybody wants medical podcast. marijuana, right? I that's mean, like the. <laughs> I mean, but they, they the might. Next podcast. <laughs> it's what? That's the next podcast. We've already done those. Oh. Um, but I don't think that, I mean, that might be something, but you're looking in the, like the Kansas city metro area and you're going to have one state that says that's yep. okay. And another yeah. one that doesn't. We're a few weeks or months away. I don't know. Do you go to your primary? I don't even know how that works. Do you go to your primary care physician for that I, prescription? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no? I don't think so either. It's a different kind of doctor. So, you don't think so? Starting in January? Like, oh, my back hurts. I need miracle, medical medical. That's like what's going to happen. I, we're certainly not too far away from it. That's but what I, don't, I, mean. I don't see a lot of uh, primary care doctors. I'm not really sure landscape. how that works. I don't actually. know either. Yeah. Now, well, actually, <laughs> I do know a little bit because I know that a whole a whole industry of prescription writing doctors pops up around that. But okay, yeah. so anyway, sorry to get us off. No, you're feeling fine. rather frisky on a topic <laughs> that you don't right. know a whole lot about, Watson. I would have, you didn't even go to the Jonas Brothers last night. Yeah, well, yeah. Patrick Pat Mahomes was there last night. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was having a good time. All Kansas City podcasts generally end up at Pat Mahomes. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe we need to get him in here. Actually, yeah, yeah. but we do. So we do filter. Um, <laughs> You can filter by your insurance type because that's obviously a very practical. And by the way, thank you for putting this back on top. No, you're welcome. You can you can filter by geography. You can filter by do they like to golf? Do they like to garden? Oh, so there's interesting. So there's a lot of things. So again, you're making a personality match, and then once that personality match is complete, then you're allowed to filter by other things that would become very practical. Yeah, how far are they from my house? So I don't think this is a tough question, but let me ask how the the a doctor's personal interests in like gardening has to do with my healthcare zero but it does matter on a personal relationship are you going to have a better the hope would be and again we are seeing this both anecdotally and through research is that you're taking down so many of the barriers of of intimidation around the provider and the patient and you're giving them so it's about like because people want to do business with people they like and get advice from people that they feel comfortable with so if you feel like you have something in common with the doctor, you're going to have a higher likelihood of, of two finding th- it to be credible. Two, two things I think are important. Uh, a higher likelihood of maintaining your, your schedule, right? That you're going. And one of the things we have found with, with uh, our first, our beta with Advent Health is that people who, vis- who came in via our website were more likely to visit one and a half times in, in that given year. Uh, which is what they what they should be doing, for, you know, to follow their healthcare regimen. But second, that they were also following the protocols. I think that's one of the bigger issues that we have in healthcare now is that you go see your doc, your doc tells you what to do, and you walk out the door without any intention of actually doing it. Hmm. And so the notion would be, I mean, is that like when the doctor's like, because the doctor tells me the same thing every time, you know, and I feel like it's eat right, yeah, exercise, it's like you right, need to eat more if you could get more exercise, <laughs> right. you know, go, go fill this prescription, yeah. go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Go so, like, but how many of us actually do that? Right. We were we were talking about that with uh, with a recent guest. It's like you know we all know how to be healthy, but we choose whether or not we want to follow that advice. So, okay, well, so I'm uh, Mr. Watson. Would you be more likely to take advice from a doctor that you liked, or are you just all about business and you're like, you know what, this guy knows, or got your girl lady knows? Um, I do appreciate having some sort of relationship with the doctor. You know, I use a direct care physician, so I can text him at any time and have a little more relationship with him, which is nice. Um, as opposed to, we have this trend now, as we discussed earlier, where it feels like doctors have like 10,000 patients and I don't know any of them. Um, my doctor, I think only has like three to 500 or something like that. And that's his model because he does direct care. So 
every time I see him, he knows me, he, you know, remembers me, stuff like that, which I appreciate, which is great. So yeah, if, 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 if we all had the luxury of, of having a doctor like that, that actually could even remember who we were, right. You know, that's the first part of the first challenge, right? Um, because it's one thing to have things in common with a doctor, but then they see so many patients, they don't remember who you are anyways. Like that's part of the problem too, but. Well, and again, that's the flip side of the relationship, right? Is, is, you know, again, when we started this, the whole notion was, was consumer centric, right? Like let's do this on behalf of the consumer so they can find a better provider. But the alternative is has proven to be true as well, which is the doctor's happier, right? So if you're, if you're a doc and you're seeing people all day and you're telling them to lose weight, exercise more, you know, take this pharmaceutical regimen that we've prescribed and they never do any of it. Well, what's your patient, you know, what's your satisfaction like? That's got to get pretty maddening because you're. Does, do doctors actually report that they feel a sense of frustration that their patients aren't doing what they ask them to do? Yeah. And again, and this is a podcast in and of itself is to talk about the fatigue that's happening in healthcare now with primary care docs. And, and then again, you, you compile that with the notion of there's so many docs retiring, right? So it's the, the situation's only worsening, at least at this point, five years from now, maybe, you know, maybe that pendulum will swung back and med schools will be kicking out enough, you know, students that we can fill back that pipeline. But there's a lot of retiring docs and there's a lot of doc fatigue and there's a lot, you know, and again, so many of them had to make the choice between I'm going to sell to a large healthcare system, or I'm just going to retire. So my uh, my sister is an anesthesiologist, and her husband it was an ER doctor, and he did that for oh ten years, and quit, and became a teacher. Yep. And if you talk to him, his name's Chris, and he's actually a, a really he works does some work with the CDC, and he does. I don't want to say he qu- completely quit being a doctor, but he quit being an ER doctor. Um, and he just, and you talk about doctor fatigue, he'll, he'll tell you, if you talk to him, he'll say, well, you know, you can't really live a normal life when you see a child die in the ER, you can't just walk out and be like, oh, it's five o'clock. I guess I'll go home and play with my kids now. And that's like a really weird thing. And it was, uh, um, you know, like, I mean, we've talked about, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're not happy, it just, there's no there's no real, you know, flavor around what's going on. So I, I, you know, I've, I've experienced that feeling of doctor fatigue firsthand. Now, many people, you know, these are went to great school and all that, all those years put in that. And then you're like, you know what, man, this is not what I thought it would be now. Um, you know, I, I, and I, I guess the struggle is real there. So what are you pointing at? I just want to see this paper. Oh. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, with that, um, so, you know, Jim, let's back up for a little bit. So, and once again, go to mdmatchup.com, check out what they have going on. Um, Watson's analyzing the, uh, the sheet here, but with that, um, now, and this is kind of an ancillary fact. Now, Jim, you actually have a background in, in advertising as well. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And that's really where the, the incubation of this came from is we have an advertising agency, MBB, and we have worked in the healthcare space for, you know, since really the early 80s. And one of our clients came to us with the problem of about we want to generate additional volume um, in our primary care practices. And again, this, this problem has come about because so many healthcare systems have purchased primary care practices. So I didn't even realize that was going on. Did you, Matt? That, explain that. All the acquisitions. Well, 
there, you're talking like about that, buying man. actual doctor's offices, like small practices. Yeah, small practices, and and then that practice may stay in the in the office that it is, or they may move it to a different location. But again, what's happening with when when Affordable Health Care Act was passed, uh, it put a tremendous financial burden on providers, small practices to purchase the type of software that would make them compliant with the yeah. ACA. Regulation drives the. Yeah. And so a lot of these it's too hard to do business. A lot of these docs said, forget it. I don't want to do that. I'll just, I'll tuck myself in under a larger healthcare system. And so when that happened, now the healthcare, the hospitals that were, that historically had been marketing only to those primary care physicians to help build volume in this inside the health system, um, had to start marketing primary care practices. And again, if you can, if you can drive primary care in your geography, in your trade area, Theoretically, you should be able to drive secondary care, specialist care, and ultimately, you know, filling up the beds inside of the hospitals for procedures, et cetera. So a lot of healthcare systems found themselves in the business of having to market primary care organizations. And so that's, again, one of the reasons that we came up with MD Matchup and one of the reasons we've been able to scale it uh, to other systems because a lot of both healthcare systems and insurance companies are sort of facing this issue for different reasons. Healthcare, you know, if you're a big, like CHI health is a client of ours. So if you're a big system, your goal is to match and, and make sure you're filling up the, the panels of your primary care docs. If you're an insurance company, you've got sort of the same interests, but it's probably a little bit more on making sure of consumer satisfaction and that, that the, the customer's getting to the right doctor for them. So they, consumer satisfaction's like not something that goes along with healthcare. Historic, like, historically, I mean, no. Yeah, like people are like, yeah, like historically pissed about so much of it. I don't understand why I make an appointment at 10 a.m. and then see the doctor at 11.30. I've actually left. I've actually left a doctor's office, like been sitting in a waiting room and like I get to a finite point where I'm just not going to sit there anymore. And I've yep. left. Yep. I've done that twice in life. And and it's funny because it takes them, it's almost as if they didn't even know you were gone. Yeah. Well, and and they'll call you like five hours later and be like, um, hey, did pal, you leave? Where'd you go? I'd be like, yeah, well, you left me sitting in this room. Yep. Like for an hour. And it's changing. I mean, that's changing. It's not, it's not changing overnight and you're seeing. I mean, MD Matchup is, is but one of literally thousands of healthcare startups that are trying to drive consumerism into the space of healthcare. So those stories should become fewer and further between, but, but clearly they still exist. And particularly, you know, it's interesting. We talk a lot about uh, access, access to healthcare. And I think a lot of times what people think about when it's access to healthcare is they're thinking about urban areas with, you know, high percentage of the people who are, who are, um, non-insured, I will tell you where, where access becomes more critical and, and uh, more difficult is when you get into rural areas. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll go out to these counties, you know, and, and we're, you know, this podcast is originating out of the Midwest. So you'll go to counties in Nebraska or Kansas or Iowa where people are driving two to three hours to find a doc. Now there's technology again, uh, virtual care, things of that nature that are, that are helping to change that. But man, if you think if we have a crisis in healthcare in terms of access, go to Western Kansas. That's well, where, there's that's people that there was people that were in my sister's, uh, uh, KU medical center graduating class that went and they'd go to like, you know, great bend Kansas or something like that. Cause they're so hard up for doctors in some of those yep. communities that the communities would pay off the, 
the medical school mm-hmm. loans. Yeah. Like that was part of the incentive. It's like if you come here and you're here for like four years, that yep. they will incrementally pay off your student loans. So there was and and well, it was a draw uh, because the, you know those are. It's big it, money. It's big. Yeah, money. and yeah. then another thing too is like you know when I'm talking with my sister and her, and her husband about you know they so they both went to Notre Dame private school expensive and you know went to private school after that and you know these doctors they run up you run up a lot a big yeah big it's crazy bill, yeah a big bill like it's like a second mortgage so um, well back in the theory of family feud Matt and you got you drew a big. <laughs> for your uh, for your uh, match question, so that makes it my turn because I want I understood that some of the personality stuff. But if we were discussing the the like, and maybe it's just a simple question of, do you like? I'm curious about what the alternative medicine. I feel like an alternative medicine is a hot topic right now. Yep. And you know, some of it. I mean, it, a lot of different things. Um, you know the the I would want to not go to a doctor that would be highly likely to to subscri- uh, prescribe me something very addictive. Yep. Like you know you and I've seen opioids. Or I, yeah. Well, I've seen that occur. Like you know, like I mean, just someone goes and they're like, "Yeah, my my back hurts," and next thing yep. you know, they're like addicted to painkillers. And um, but well, what, I, I think that's one of the struggles in healthcare in general is is we have these perverse incentives, right? I mean. So a, a healthcare system gets compensated by CMS based on their HCAP scores. And those HCAP scores, one of the questions they ask is, are people, they ask the consumer, were you in pain? Well, if the consumer answers that they're in pain, then the system gets compensated less money from the government. So of course you're going to prescribe medications to keep people out of pain when the reality is some level of pain is so wait, if you considered. say you were in pain and they prescribe you painkillers, they get compensated less. It's, it's a it's, so it's it's a very part. It's a very small part of and, you, and again, there's experts you can have in here to talk about HCAP scores uh, much more eloquently than I have. But it sounds crazy. I yeah, didn't realize that was a yeah. thing. So they're changing. So the Center for Medicare. So, so Medicaid, wait, if I say I wasn't in pain and you prescribed me painkillers, do you get paid more? No, or no, is it no, the no, other no. way around. No. It'd be the other way. So again. One of the one of the criteria, one of many criteria by which a healthcare system gets compensated for the care that they've given, and again, we're talking about Medicare, Medicaid programs, um, which pay for a tremendous amount of healthcare in this country, um, is do you have high patient satisfaction scores? Well, one of the a number of the questions about round patient satisfaction have to do with you know were you treated well? Were the people friendly? Did they get you in and out on time? were you in pain? And a lot of time, if people say, yes, I was in pain, then your HCAP scores go down mm. and that would have an impact so on your compensation. Like, are you in pain still like after the visit, um, not before the visit? I didn't I even realize an HCAP, like I that was a thing. Yeah. So reminds me of buying a but car. How do, you, how, do, how do you gather? Like, you have to give us a five on all of these things because you bought a car. You, well, right. Exactly. <laughs> But but the, so you're going to manage to the five, right? Where I mean, you, if you're the where guy did, selling the car, you're going to manage to the five. Where are these surveys taken? Because I don't feel like I've ever taken one. Uh, they're taken in the hospital by patients oh, as they're being, so as like they're being checked out. Okay. So huh. 
So if you're well, you're you ever, old. You're you on t- Medicare. You should know. I'm not. Things. I'm not. Have you ever <laughs> taken one of those? No. I can't remember taking. No, we're so, not on Medicare. So, and that's only for Medicare. Medicare. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So government programs. Okay. Okay. I see. So if you if you if you were the prescribing doc or the prescribing system, and you knew part of the compensation was how how much pain were your patients in, you would be interested or, or probably more likely to give them pain medications. Yeah. Even, even if they didn't, you know, if they, and I'm not saying they were purposely drugging people who had no pain, but if somebody said I'm a four, well, it's relative human nature to respond to the stimuli that are around. Like, you know, it, it's, it's proven in, in businesses that wherever people are incentivized, they will structure their thoughts and their approach towards achieving their own incentives, their goal, right? whether it's, the, whether it's for their own you know, monetary gain or just how they're, they're reviewed or judged within right. the company that they're yep. at. So, but who, so the, and this I'm finding, I think this is a very interesting topic. So, but who sets these, like, where do these parameters come from? Where do these HCAP scores or guidelines? CMS. And they are, who's that? The, uh, government, the Medicare and Medicaid programs, the people who, who uh, regulate, monitor and create Medicare and Medicaid programs. So do now do those scores, is that something that a provider like, like MD matchup is that, can you, do you no. have access to that? Uh, you, well, I think anybody has access to HCAP scores, but no, okay. we don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't play any, it's, it's a different podcast for you guys, but sure. it's a fascinating part of our healthcare system. Well, with your, when, and with what you guys are looking for and trying to match things up, I mean, what's the primary driver? Like right. what's the first thing that, that, well, what's the, what's held in the highest regard? The highest regard is uh, is the relationship between the provider and the consumer. Will they, based on our algorithms and our and our science, will they see eye to eye on how to treat their healthcare? Okay. And if you can do that, again, the theory is if you can do that, then people will adhere to the protocols and they will visit more often, um, and that the doctor will be more satisfied with with the patients that they're seeing. And we've got two betas, and both of them uh, would suggest that we are doing that in a, at a pretty remarkable clip. We're driving a lot of, of revenue and a lot of net new patients. One of the things that was fascinating about our install here in Kansas city was we, we expected when we started to market this and we, we opened it up for people to take the quizzes. We expected that we would drive new patients to the healthcare system in the first uh, 18 months. We drove about 800 new patients to the system, which had a, significant impact on revenue. What was more interesting and maybe a little bit unexpected is we helped recapture about 800 patients for them as well. And when we say recapture, what we mean are people who had gone historically to Advent Health, but who had not in the last two years. So they basically churned out of the system. Churned out of the system. Either they didn't do anything at all, hmm. or they had gone to another healthcare system. Or they're healthy. Or they were healthy. Yeah. Or they're healthy. I guess that's true. Yeah. So Could Matt, be. Matt, do you go to the doctor like a lot? Like, I mean, do you, I, cause it's I don't. Twice a year, maybe. I mean, I go for like, so my doctor will call, um, once a year and they'll be like, you got to come in and you know, they take my blood Yep. and, and then they don't call. And then I get a letter in the mail and it has like a sheet of paper that's got like a bunch of shit that I do not uh, know anything about. And there's a number on there and I call and they're like, you're within the normal ranges. I'm like, of what? Thank you. Right. <laughs> like of what? Well, actually once they called and they said. You're normal? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they, I, it's funny because my wife will, uh, just the blood. She'll say, How'd the doctor go? My wife's always worried that I'm just, I think she just doesn't want me to fall See, over and die. Your wife gets up and runs like 100 miles every morning, and she probably has like all these health problems, and you don't do anything, and you're probably perfectly healthy. No, well, Is I believe the I way that works. No, <laughs> she doesn't have any health problems, but definitely healthier. I think she's just more concerned about like the I think it's the, funny though that the that stress. Way. It but, does happen. You see these guys are like 50 and they smoke and they like right. all these terrible well, and they have like perfect cholesterol and perfect right. But I don't I don't I mean I don't stuff. smoke. I don't do anything that's like that. I yeah. mean I, I I rarely even drink. Um but I think so much of that's just genetic. You know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, yeah absolutely. So Matt, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a really bad doctor? Cuz I have. Ah. Uh, I've never had a terrible doctor. This is Jim. I've never had a terrible doctor, but I've certainly had doctors I didn't get along with. Yeah. You know, I, I've had a doctor I that I thought was just terrible. Nothing in life is terrible. good or bad until it's compared to something else, right? Yeah. So I've had doctors and they seemed like they were good at the time. <laughs> that doesn't mean there wasn't somebody who was like light years better and I right. didn't know. Now, I one of the specialists I've been to recently, I felt like didn't really help me do a very good job of diagnosing my problem and I don't think was the best doctor. So I, when I lived in Indianapolis, I, and I don't remember the guy's name for like, I went like three times and I remember just thinking on the second time I was like, how did this, how was this guy even a doctor? <laughs> like, I mean, I was yeah. just shocked, you know, like, I mean, I really was. And then the third time I went, I was like, there's just no way I can come back here. You know, I just, I, I remember thinking like, and, you know, and then, by the way, that was the same place that I walked out of. Now, maybe that had something to do with it. Like they let me sit in a room and I was there for over an yeah. hour. And then I was like, you know what? I'm out. But I mean, that might've had something to do with it. But I remember just thinking like, now on the flip side of that, I had another doctor that I, you know, and I understand doctors are busy, but this guy always made, you know, he just like, it was like, he had a good way of yep. slowing things down. Cause like, you know, you know, they're in a hurry, but he'd come in and he, you know, and it, it kind of took me back cause he'd be like, so is everything going well at home? I'm like, wait, what? Right. You cared you enough just, to ask. Yeah. But yeah. It, you know, and just like kind of asking. And then my current doctor, I find it to be interesting, always asks me if I wear my seatbelt, <laughs> but you know what, you know what? And I asked him the last time I went, I was like, Okay. I was like, why are you always asking about the seatbelt? And he goes, well, it's my job to help keep you alive. And you actually have the greatest chance of dying at your age in a car accident. I know somebody that happened to just two or three well, that's, But yeah, that's, that's great. But if you think about it, it's like, what? Yeah. You know, it's just a weird thing. And like, but I thought that that was a pretty reasonable answer. He's like, yeah. so if, if me saying something to you and bringing that up, I was just thought, what a weird question. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, then also my dentist uh, does like, does your dentist do like a, like a weird, like cancer check? They like do these like throat things. And I asked the doctor, I said, last time I was like, do you ever find anyone? And he said, he's like, it's like, I've found it twice in 20 years or right. something like that. But he goes, but he goes finding it those two times makes it all worth is it. well worth yep. the five seconds. It takes me to do that on everybody that comes through here. And I was like, Oh wow. Wow. Fascinating. I mean, think about that, like a level of like diligence and yep. like 20 years of people that care something. actually care. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and, and now that said, like, you know, like I'm, I thought about it, like my doctor with the seatbelt thing. I'm yeah. like, that's not a standard medical question. There's not, there's not a little, you know, can well, I measure that on MD matchup? Will they ask if I'm wearing a seatbelt? Uh, that's not one of the questions presently, but it but, might need to be, but you are, but you are honing in on sort of the, 
the the issue here and, and you brought up dentistry we're actually we're actually we're going to take this to the dental arena as well as as to the veterinarian arena because so many of us make our searches in extremely simplistic ways how far are they from my house and do they take my insurance sure and that has zero to do with how good of a relationship you're going to have with them right. so you know there's so many systems that have find a doc and that you know and you can go to any of those find a doc tools and they're fine it's just the metrics that they judge this on are way too simplistic sure and so again if you knew that you had a dentist that that you were more inclined to you know be like and if you knew that you had similarities in the way you thought about healthcare and you knew you had similarities in other things that you did i mean we've got a well, there was a story of, of one of the docs uh, at admin health who just based on where their geography was and their years in the business they were only seeing 70 year old males and females we had an individual take this quiz and the doc, the doc himself was young individual took the quiz 24 year old man showed up and he's like that's the first time i've ever seen anybody under 30 years of age and he's like i love it because he's under 30 the doc was under 30 years of age and they both like to fish so they immediately had a relationship that again that made the doctor happier and made the patient happier hmm. That's an interesting way to look at it. Now, it's funny you talk about dental. Like so many people are afraid of the dentist. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they really are. Like they actually have like dentists that specialize in dealing with the kind of patients that hate the dentist, which would scare me. Now, is that something that um, I've had many people say things like, you know what? I haven't been to the doctor in six years and it's amazing how long my outlook on life has become. Like if you don't, you know, like I, so much of it's preventative, but yep. what about the people that are afraid? Like some people just don't want to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, inside of the, the quiz, we talk a little bit about, try to address some of those fears. And again, the, the notion would be if you have somebody you're closer to, or you get along with better, that those fears would, would sort of go away. Not that you're ever going to eliminate them. Um, but if you can, if you can lessen them before the person walks in the door, then, then it, it's a, it's a win for both parties. Now, so I have a question for you. So you're piloting this, you're beta testing it in at Advent health here in Kansas city. So if, are they advertising this partly through like the insurance companies or as a consumer, like how would I know that this site exists and how would I use this? Uh, great question. So they are, um, First of all, there's a lot of SEO around it. There's SEM that goes along with it. Then they've also run marketing campaigns both inside of um, their hospital, inside of their care practices, but also TV, radio, internet. So yes, there is a there's a certain marketing element to so this. So they're just spending money promoting this website that that you have built for them that does all of this. Correct. But they're they're the ones that are promoting it. Uh, we are doing some promotion as well, but primarily it's on the systems that are, that have purchased okay. it to do the promotion of it. And so, so I didn't know if like as an employer, if, you know, this would be something I would recommend to my employees. Yes. If that's it, part it, of it. Or it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they have physician relations practices that go out. And but so do you them. have different websites for each of these hospital networks or do you also have one across like all of them? So the, there we are actually building the one that will go across all of them the, because these were first to market they were built as discrete individual okay. um, sites so in here in kansas city it's my health kc so we also have like reviews of doctors yes and all that kind of stuff so we are not doing independent reviews on the 
the site. But what happens is if a healthcare system, and most do at this point, have uh, review platforms, then those reviews get pulled into. You'll aggregate that yep, data. That'll and aggregate show it. get show up. So. There's so many factors. Like, I, I don't know, man, when you talk about reviews, reviews are sketchy. Like, it's very rare when someone stops to like, okay, if I see an online review and it's more than like two sentences, I think it's fake. If you I, give me a five-star review, I'll give you a free wellness checkup. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like some of those things are a little sketchy. Like there was actually a whole shakedown and uh, I think it was like ice cream shops or something right. just weird in New York. Are you familiar with no, this? No, like, uh, but I can see, you can so, see how it happens. But they were making like, they were like at war and they were like hiring, you know, <laughs> like the same way you, you talk about SEO or whatever. Yeah. There's like companies out there that just have like a shitload of Google accounts There's, and will like, you know, like vote engage you down. in Well, they'll vote you up, they'll vote you down. They'll just do different stuff. But they started looking at it and like, you know, these, these, uh, God, I feel like it was ice cream shops. They had these unusually high number of reviews. Yeah. Like what ice cream shop has like 1200 reviews, reviews matter but, though, man. They well, do. They, they and, do and, but, in the healthcare space. They, a lot of, a lot of systems don't re- rely on the Googles or the Yelps of the world. There are healthcare review companies that well, had gone, get, gone get into f- this and it said like 90% of them were fake. Yeah. And if you 90? like, it was high, it was like, oh. now there was something, but they literally like, there, there were some kind of, of charges filed, like for misleading this or some, I don't know, man. But, yeah. But you know, like whenever I see a, um, a review and it's like more than a couple sentences long, I'm, I immediately start thinking, eh, cause I know how people are. Yeah. You know, and there's that old adage, you know, that an angry customer tells a hundred people, oh, a yeah. happy yep. person tells one. Yep. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. If it's just like, I get it. If someone's like five star and they're like, great service, cool place. Like I, I buy that. I buy that. Mm-hmm, I think that right. when, when you get the ones that's like, you know, 800 words and you're like, who really who sat do down to type all this out? And, and if you have that kind of time on hand, would I really care what you had to say anyway? So yeah, in healthcare, you get a you get a little buffer of that because there's some organizations like Press Ganey that that they make sure they vet all the the reviews and so, they vet all the people. But so yes. can I uh, can I use this to find a cute doctor? Um, so it's it's a, it's a great question and very very important <laughs> or clearly. cute nurse practitioner, <laughs> right. or, you know, slightly less important than do they oh. prescribe marijuana. Um, so these are all important things. After, these are important things. After you do, do you right need way. a medical marijuana prescription, Matt? No. Because uh, you don't partake <laughs> in that. I'm no. wondering why you're so concerned about that. So after you go through and you, and you take the quiz and the algorithm works its magic, then then the site will, will spin up for you. Here are, it's not like there's one match. Here are the best matches for you in, in descending order. And they all have pictures. They'll have pictures, bios, videos. Oh, so perfect. You, okay. So you right. get to know, again, get to know the doc, their interests beyond just where do they go to school and what degrees do they have, but what other things they like. Again, we're trying to humanize the process. And, and by the way, if you want to see a whole lot of me shaking my head, <laughs> make sure to go to the Startup Hustle YouTube channel where you can check out the video. So this is on YouTube today. as well. Yeah, it will yeah. be. It will be. And. Um, oh my you get a lot of uh, a lot of head shaking from from DeCourcy, um, and that's okay. And, and and while you're at it, and you're you're perusing the internet, make sure to go to Instagram, check us out at Startup Hustle Podcast. If you want to learn more about what Matt and I do together at Full Scale, 
go to fullscale.io, right? Now, since we're doing shout outs, mdmatchup.com, it's a good place to see what's up. If you want to see some other things that Mr. Brown's involved in, you can go to mbbagency.com, right? That's right. He's like, that's kind of it. He told me before, he's like, that's the secondary thing, but I'm like, you know, we got to mention it. It's all yeah. good. You guys are going to go my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Jim Brown is probably pretty There's only easy four to, of us. Right. No, er, really? No, I was going to say there's probably like 4,000. Yeah. yeah. I'm the least famous Jim Brown. So. Yeah. There you go. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. There are quite a few Jim Browns. There's a lot of right. Matt Watsons too. I know one of them does not have a very stellar like reputation news feed. No. What did that guy do? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was like a YouTube he's guy. Some, some kind of like hater. Gamer, he's a, he's a hater. There's been like a baseball player. There was a Matt Watson baseball player. I think no, so. No, he wasn't any good. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him. Yeah, now Jim Brown, I believe, won a Heisman right. Trophy once, right? Or was that? Uh, yeah, I think he did win maybe, the Heisman. Certainly maybe. like the NFL rushing title. Yeah, yeah. Before OJ beat it. And you see how that's going these days. <laughs> So, well, Jim, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate what you're doing. Um, Looking forward to seeing where this goes with you. I I think that anybody that is trying to tackle some of the challenges that our healthcare system faces and presents us with these days is it's admirable. Good luck. I appreciate it. Trying to get people, trying to get people to agree on a solution is, uh, is always a challenge. So see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.